the axe of the blood god. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Axe of the Blood God, US Gamer's official RPG podcast. I'm your host, Kat Bailey, and with me today is our staff writer, Nadia Oxford. Hello. And we're going to be talking about an old school RPG, the sequel to Bravely Default, Bravely Second, which I think came out last week. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. Uh, it kind of kind of bad timing, to be honest, because it came out right on top of Dark Souls 3. So as a consequence, I feel like it's been a little overlooked by the people who might otherwise want to play it, um, including this podcast, because we ended up doing our Dark Souls 3 roundtable last week and pushing Bravely Second to this week. But it's definitely an RPG that I think is worth looking into. In the meantime, uh, I don't know, I've just been really busy, but I have managed to get some bravely second time in on top of Dark Souls 3 and Star Fox Zero. Um, Nadia, I know that you have been playing bravely Mm -hmm. second. Uh, How far are you? Oh, uh, I'm trying to think in terms of hours. Uh, Definitely over 20 hours, but I'm not sure exactly how many. Um, I've been at it for a little while now. Did you play the original Bravely Default? I did, but I didn't finish it. Okay. What were your thoughts on the original Bravely Default? I really liked it. Um, I can't remember why I didn't finish it. I think it was just one of those things where, like, you get distracted, like, hey, look over there, and you say, oh, I'll get back to this, and then you never do. (laughs) Oh, I hate it when that happens. I'm afraid of that happening to me in Dark Souls 3, which is why I'm, like, just pressing through it as fast as I can. Yeah, I'm trying not to look at anything else until, because it's like, oh, Star Fox Zero. Nope, nope, gotta finish this first. Yeah, that's one of the things about game journalism is that you get into these really long games, and if it, you're not assigned to actually play it, you'll be like, I am playing this game, I'm playing this game, oh crap, a new game has just come out and I have to play that now, so that I yes. can keep up with everything. And it can result in some games just kind of getting left by the wayside, and unfortunately RPGs tend to have, that happens, tends to happen to RPGs a lot. Um, it it really 3, does. Witcher 3 happened, that happened to me with Witcher 3 last year. I didn't even get a chance to play Witcher 3. Yeah, I I played it for several hours, actually, but at some point I just got distracted by something else that I had to do and articles and games, and the next thing I knew, it was April 2016. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. But you did like Bravely Default. I did, yes. Mm. I, I played some Bravely Default when it came out. You weren't a fan? I don't know. It didn't. It didn't grab me. Mm-hmm. So I ended up kind of putting it aside. Maybe it started a little slow. I'm not sure. But I don't remember to be honest with you. Uh, I know this one kind of starts off pretty quickly because you're basically thrust into the story like as nearly as soon as the previous one ended. Yeah, basically you're waking up, and then you're going on some adventures with a couple of your buddies, and then you're getting betrayed, and your friends yeah. dying. And the next thing you know, you're, like, fighting a doll. (laughs) I forgot about that. There's so Uh, many wacky encounters that you eventually forget some of them. So it kind of moves nice and quickly. Of course, Bravely Second is the sequel to Bravely Default. Bravely Default was... uh, It managed to kind of catch... it, It grabbed a lot of people because it was kind of a return to that classic 
8-bit slash 16-bit RPG style. Maybe more 8-bit, to be honest, in its sensibilities, if not its mechanics. Yeah, and it really came out at a time when people really, really wanted that, because it had been a while since. Uh, Which I guess makes kind of Bravely Second kind of interesting, in that it's also held people's attention, but it's... uh, you know, it's a little bit more of a JRPG-friendly environment these days, with, mm. like, indies and whatnot, so, um, yeah. It was kind of a direct repudiation of, like, Square Enix going, well, people don't like turn-based games anymore, so we're just going to yeah. focus on these action games, and kind of moving away from that. And then Bravely Second comes around, and it's this just defiantly old-school game. In the Final Fantasy kind of vein, it's like unapologetic in mm-hmm. basically being an old school Final Fantasy game. And people like really dug it. Yeah. Because it's like party based, turn based game, kind of cutesy and fun, really good take on the job system, uh, lots of grinding, done. And it yeah. was on a handheld system. So the kind of people who buy a 3DS seem to be kind of predisposed to that game anyway. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, the uh, Bravely Second is. Uh there's basically more of that, <laughs> which is okay with me. Uh, there's more jobs, and of course, one thing that was really compelling about the first Braille uh, default is that you could adjust your encounters and whatnot, so if you weren't really in the mood to get slammed with like random encounters all day, every day, you could just turn them off temporarily or even permanently if you were really brave. You know what's interesting was that when, I, I think maybe you were on that episode, I brought up that mechanic, and a lot of people seem to hate that mechanic. Yeah, I I remember that. We were talking about it on that episode, like you and I, and both of us liked it. But some people, I think, in the comments weren't really very impressed with the idea. Yeah, they were pretty down on it. And I I don't remember exactly why. um, (laughs) Well, when when, uh, we talked about the remake of Final Fantasy VII, like I wrote an article about it. And I said, I can't wait until random encounters are gone. And people really got angry about me suggesting that random encounters shouldn't be a thing anymore. Hmm. So. Yeah, I don't I, I I don't like random encounters at all and I've been pretty vocal about that on this podcast. It's an old school concept. I don't think it really adds a lot. It actually kind of it tends to detract from the game because when I am going through a dungeon and I'm say trying to solve puzzles, mm-hmm, exactly. uh, random encounters start to really piss me off because they completely interrupt my train of thought. And people will go, well, that's just the the grind and the slog and the monsters jumping out unexpectedly. Well, you can have that with uh, monsters who are visible on the overworld map as well. Yeah, exactly. It's just kind of immersion breaking, I guess. No, there was actually a specific puzzle or or something like that in Bravely Second where I was getting irritated that I was getting lost. And I said, you know what? I'm turning off random encounters. And I did. And it was great. Well, the thing is, is that so far in the dungeons that I'm playing in Bravely Second, it, not a lot of puzzles, I would say. It's more of a, a maze, I suppose. Yeah, I think change? that was it. I, yeah, I got like lost navigating around. You, you do encounter a puzzle here and there, but I, I've encountered very few. I like dungeons that have puzzles, or I, I'm okay with dungeons with puzzles. Um, so I, I guess I would prefer not to have random encounters. And then it's kind of the worst of all worlds when you have puzzles and random encounters. <laughs> Those are but, the best. But it's okay that Bravely Default has random encounters because, as I said, it is unapologetically old school. And yes. uh, like I said, I didn't really get into it the first time around, kind of because it was really 
kind of over the top and being super cutesy. Mm-hmm. But I didn't necessarily have anything against it. Yeah. So I kind of resolved to give Bravely Default a second chance in picking up Bravely Second. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get into our thoughts, um, I was wondering if you could just share your thoughts so far. Uh, it is still cutesy, which makes me surprised that you don't have a problem with that so far. Although I so will... cutesy. Oh my <laughs> I God. will say, though. It is so over the top with the cute. It does balance it out on occasion. Um, there are a couple of story moments where I go, oh, that's a little bit sad. But um, I don't know. It's a... Uh, the thing I like about it is pretty much stuff that I've gone over before, especially in my review. Uh, yes, it is an old school RPG experience, but you can customize it so much that you can make it as old school as you want. Or if you're just not in the mood, you can turn all that crap off. Like even if you do get into random encounters, you can basically fast forward through them, and you can like set up your auto battle system, auto battle system to like work in the way you want. Uh, of course, if you get into a random encounter, you can just make everyone like brave four times in a row and just destroy whatever's in front of you um i don't remember though did the first game have uh let you get into several encounters in a chain and kind of double and triple your experience each time no that's uh, a new feature in bravely second because i love that feature i am hooked yeah. on that feature um basically you kind of it's not even gambling because if you screw up well you're dead anyway but um basically as long as the enemy doesn't hit you you can opt to fight as many battles as you want until, uh, like, you stack your experience and your and your job points. So, like, if you're, gosh, even like a, a regular encounter, if you're, um, if you get like, say, usually 19 job points for doing this particular battle, you can get like a hundred if and without breaking much of a sweat. So it really takes the edge off grinding for uh, job points and experience, especially since there are so many jobs in this game. And so many of them you're going to want to experiment with, like Catmancer. <laughs> what is the Catmancer? Catmancer is actually kind Do of... you summon a, cats? You, you summon cats. Yes. Uh, it's basically kind of like the blue mage of the, uh, of the game. You learn enemy skills and your cats perform them. Which sounds weird, I know, but uh, you also have to get your cats to kind of dig for items that you use to kind of execute those uh, commands. So it's a, it's a bit of an involved class, but I can't, I can't really bear to change so far new favorite class yep and uh <laughs> as usual the the characters all have like individual costumes for each class and it's really it's really stupidly cute i can't stand it yeah not only do they have classes for each individual class um they show up when you're on the overworld map so yes. there's some nice visual continuity going on there yeah that you don't necessarily see elsewhere yeah and uh, it's like the merchant class, for example, like the females have like these little bonnets and it's like, oh God, I love it so much. I can't stand it. Getting back to the chain thing, um, I'm glad that they introduced it because I remember that one of the big criticisms of Bravely Default was that it was pretty grindy. Yes. Especially around the midpoint in the game. So it's, uh, it, and it sounds like this chain system um, really takes the edge off that. It really does. There's still a lot of grinding, but there's uh, it, it's kind of a gambling element to it now that I really like, and that's um, it's addictive. Yeah. Uh, could you explain the gambling element? Uh, well, I guess I, I guess again, gambling isn't the right word, but just uh, more of the, a risk reward kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Because you, um, what was it? You can't recuperate brave points or something. To yes, that that's right. Um, you can't recuperate brave points so you kind of have to organize your attacks in a way that um 
you're kind of parsing them out so that you don't run out of brave points because once the enemy attacks you, it's over. Well, the chain is over anyway. Hmm. Yeah, one of the one of the uh, kind of things that Bravely Default does, if you're not like so familiar with the series, is that you have a brave command and then you have a default command. And what it means essentially is that you can store up actions by defending. Yes. And it can often be so it's really beneficial to default your turn and defend in exchange for storing up a whole bunch of actions and then just unleashing them all at once. And it's especially important in boss battles because often they'll come at you with like a really powerful attack. Well, this is a good time to default. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the nice thing about chaining is that even if you only get like a couple of battles in a row or three, uh, you can still rack up uh, some pretty big bonuses. Well, one thing I don't understand about defaulting, mm-hmm. or sorry, uh, using actions, mm-hmm. what does it mean when you go into kind of like debt, when you like go into like minus one? Uh, basically, uh, let's say, for example, uh, you, I think you can spend four points at a time. So if you were to go into, like, you know, attack four times or do four actions and you're into minus four, uh, then your enemy basically gets four turns on you. Oh, so, you so don't they, have to save up your turns. Oh, no, absolutely yeah. not. Like, like I said, with a lot of random encounters, what I do is I just kind of make everyone attack four times, and that usually takes care of the problem really quickly. Uh, I but, put it on auto battle. Yeah. I should do that, too. I don't know why I don't, but... Um, I guess sometimes, well, then again, sometimes, like, it depends on the job you're doing. Sometimes there's other actions you can take. But, uh, yeah, you can auto-battle. But also, if you try to do that against a boss, you're probably going to get killed. Because if you, like, if, oh, you're yeah. st- if you're standing there for four turns and they're just kicking you, uh, <laughs> you're in trouble. Just wailing on you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm still in the early part of the game, so I'll, I, I suppose the depth hasn't quite revealed itself to me, but... I can definitely see it um, because, I mean, I have a wizard character now. The wizard, yeah. I turned you into a wizard. So did I. He's still going around with that cute little black robe. I Um, mean, it's it's like, because when you're using it, like, first of all, you can have, you can buy spells. Yes. Right? So they have spells, but then you have something called, like, spell crafting. Yes. And you can, um turn like say heat into like a needle attack so instead of hitting like multiple characters at once you do like one big focused attack yes um there's like needle and i forget what the other one is oh i've i've unlocked a bunch because you you learn more as you as you uh gain job levels but there's needle there's mist which is really interesting which is like it has like an effect over a certain amount of turns like it's kind of like poison but with that elemental hmm Damage um, over time. More exactly. dots. More dots. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. The the wizard is one of the best classes in the game. I haven't changed you at all yet. I haven't quite maxed out the wizard job, but I'm getting there. I am shocked, shocked that a magic class is the best class in the game. <laughs> I'm sure you are. Uh, there's one thing I should probably mention, though, uh, that I like and don't like about the game is that there's a lot of side quests for some of the asterisks, which are basically what you do to what you acquire to get jobs. Uh, and that's fine. I have no problem with the, the side quest because there's a lot of jobs to cover, but you're forced to make choices um, and they're story related at times. Well, so far they've all been story related now they think about it. Uh, but what makes it kind of interesting is it's not a black or white choice. This is where you come into contact with characters you've met in the previous game and they explain who they are. So you're not left like, hey, who is that? But uh, 
for example, there was like a a choice between getting the merchant asterisk and the uh, white mage asterisk, and um, it all had to it all centered around this story involving a little girl and her grandfather, and um, the white mage. I can't remember who the character was, but she wanted to let those two stay where they were, whereas the the merchant wanted to kick them out and develop the land. Uh, he wanted to pay them fairly, to be honest with you. Like it's not anyone's no one's really evil here. But it's kind of comes into focus that, okay, well, if you kick these people out, it's going to traumatize the little girl. But if you keep let them stay where they are, then they can't develop that area, which is an area that desperately needs to be developed because the econ- the economy is in the is in the trash can. So you have to decide, am I going to beat up the, <laughs> the merchant and get his asterisk, or am I going to beat up the white mage and get her asterisk? So you're making a tough decision you're in that a, moment. Yes, and it's also a matter of, okay, what if I agree with this person, but I don't want their asterisk, so, or like, or sorry, what if I agree with this person and I want their asterisk, you know what I mean? Like, you kind of have to fight them because you want their job, but you agree with their ideal. It's, it's very strange. And this is a new feature in Bravely Second. As far as I know, yeah. So if you get one job, you just can't get the other. Yeah, it seems to be that case. Um, I guess that's good for replays. Yeah, if you want to replay like a 100-hour RPG. <laughs> who doesn't? I mean, there are some people who are just going to pick up this game and they're just going to play the hell out of it and just keep on playing and then restart and like go out and go get different classes. I wish I had that much spare time. Yeah, but. I don't. Um I mean, there is replayability to the game, not just because of that, but also because you can... God, there's so many things you can do with the job combination, just like Final Fantasy V in that regard. Yeah, I love that. And there's also the... Uh, have you unlocked the ball battles yet? The what ba- battles? B-A-apostrophe-A-L. There's a lot of ball jokes involved. No, I haven't unlocked those yet. Okay, they're kind of like... Uh, those are like the really tough fights like you kind of get the monster data from your friends it was the same idea in the uh the original bravely default as i recall but i can't remember what the monsters were in that particular case but um they are tough tough monsters and but i'm sure there's a lot of people out there who just get a thrill out of hunting them down well i'm in the process of getting like just getting more jobs at the moment yeah um so like i said early relatively early part of the game but i am kind of like I think it got its hooks into me the second that I got my first job. Mm-hmm. Because, well, like, initially I'm, like, going, okay, I'm playing this. Okay, yep, it's pretty cutesy again. Um, <laughs> everybody, like, the dialogue is really over the top. And, hey, that, that villain looks like Tuxedo Mask. Okay. <laughs> and and so on and so And he has a little fairy with him and so on and so forth. Oh, yeah. But I'm, like, going... Wow, this game's a lot better looking than I remember, like graphically. And it I was, is like, a very pretty game. I was wondering if like Bravely Default was actually that pretty, and I just didn't notice it. I just I didn't remember the graphics jumping out at me that much, but the art style re- like immediately jumped out at me. I was like, oh, I like the main city. I recognize that main city. Uh huh. Um, I like the Cupid doll looking characters. I like the way that the dialogue is presented as almost kind of a. They do a good job of mixing the text boxes with like little animations. Yeah, um, this stuff, this kind of stuff, jumps out at me immediately. Yeah, um, I liked going into like the forest village, or sorry, the um, the snow village. I was like, "Ooh, snow! This is very pretty." I liked, I, I liked that moment where you're in the forest and then uh, the witch with all the dolls shows up. Yeah, with the doll shows up, and you're like surrounded by will o' wisps. 
And I was like, oh, that was kind of a cool little moment, I suppose. And and then it has weird stuff like a spaceship crashing. Yeah. <laughs> that was a little bit, of, that was a, a bit jarring, but yeah. But I mean, it's very Final Fantasy, right? It is, exactly. I mean, um, it's like, oh, and there's a girl from the moon, and there's like a moon base. And she speaks French. She speaks, she has a French accent for some reason. Um, she must be from Montreal, okay. <laughs> I am actually, Canadian joke there for you. I actually don't know if that's like French dialect she uses, like French, uh, Par- Parisian French or Quebec French, because they're two very different things, <laughs> believe it or oh, not. Oh yeah, for sure. Quebecois. <laughs> Quebecois. But, yeah, um, I'm going to go on a limb and say that's probably French French. Yeah, <laughs> real French, quote-unquote. Yes. Uh, one thing I will say about the graphics, and uh, I know a lot of people are going to overlook this, turn, turn on the 3D because it is absolutely amazing in 3D. This is one of the few games I can think of where the 3D really, really enhances the visuals, especially oh, in yeah. the towns. I totally agree, actually. Yep. Really the, my nice. problem is that I play on a 3DS um, extra large, mm-hmm. um, and it's a new 3DS, so the screen's better than the the classic 3ds um, XL, but I I sort of feel like with the visuals blown up that much, the 3D it doesn't help the 3D so so much. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right because I find that like it's um I don't know if my 3D slider is screwed up or what, but the 3D doesn't work quite well. Uh, but I I will say like the that's not the game's fault. The technique they use is really nice. No, it's not the game's fault at all. Um, it just makes my eye my eyes a little tired to do that. And yeah. when I'm playing an RPG, that's definitely not something that I really <laughs> want. No, you don't need that. Yeah, uh, but if you have a... Are the new 3DS um, like smaller size out now? That's a good question. Um, I know that they were confirmed for the US. They were but confirmed, but Nintendo's been so low-key about it that I have no idea. If you happen to have one... Then, if you happen happen to have one of those, then I would definitely recommend turning on the 3D. Yeah. Uh, but in general, I just really appreciate games with good art, and actually has a good soundtrack too. It has a had really good boss battles, so like that kind of immediately endeared it to me. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're thinking, "Cat, that's like really shallow of you to say about an RPG." Well, if I'm gonna spend like a hundred hours with this game, like I, I think it's nice to have good visuals and a good like kind of artistic flair. I mean, yes, it's not required, but it sure helps, right? So it does. And I kind of mentioned that I had gotten back into Persona Q in the last episode, and I think the flair of Bravely Second kind of reminds me of that game, especially in the like the little Cupid doll people. Yeah. I haven't played Persona Q, so I can't confirm. You should play Persona Q. I should play any Persona game. You should play Persona, uh, Persona Three and Four. Yeah, I've been meaning to start with Three or Four or one of those. Do you have a Vita? No. <laughs> Come I have on, a Nadia. PSP. <sighs> well, I am gonna find a way to make you play Persona Four, and that will be good. Good. But in any case, you should be playing Persona Q. So I suppose one of the questions that I kind of had about Bravely Second mm-hmm. was, so it's this old school Final Fantasy turn-based JRPG. Mm-hmm. And outside of just pure nostalgia, I'm wondering, what is it about this particular style that just seems to speak so deeply to people? 
Do you mean the visuals or the the battle system or all of it? I just mean, together? like when I say style, I mean gameplay. Like what? Basically, like the nostalgic, uh, the element of it all. Like just. I mean, like when when I say like clearly this turn based, party based, uh, JRPG style of RPG like seems to speak seems to resonate with people, mm-hmm. um, and the job system maybe even more so and I, I think that there's certainly an element of nostalgia for the old school feel of it all there really I'm is wondering like what does it go deeper than that or is it just nostalgia no i think it definitely goes deeper um especially in a game like bravely second which really kind of takes that that nostalgic stuff but kind of adds a modern shine to it um, I can't exactly explain why or how, but I have never been a huge fan of job systems um, outside of, like, Dragon Quest. Uh, but something about the Bravely Default and Bravely Second, like, I just really, really enjoy tinkering with the jobs. I guess because they're so effective in a way. Um, and there's just so much mixing and matching to do in Bravely Second. But I think there's also definitely a nostalgic sort of element to it. Like, I would never recommend the game to someone who absolutely hates random encounters, for example. Hmm. The, the random encounter, like the random encounters, aren't that numerous. I mean, no, they're not. You can get them. I think the the important thing with random encounters is that as long as they're fast, it's not a big deal. Yeah, and of course they're very fast in uh, in uh, Bravely Second. But then I have people who like just they despise Undertale because they despise random encounters. Like they hate it so much that they will not look past it, no matter what you do to make them go down easier. That's weird. <laughs> It, well, it is but I guess I can respect their opinion, but that's weird. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, it's very weird to me because I just I still love Dragon Quests and, and stuff like that. So, I guess when it comes to a game like Bravely Second, it's it's kind of like this RPG comfort food food on the one hand, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but there is definitely something to the mechanics for sure in terms of the job system. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a job system proponent because I think that just that mixing and matching and deciding how to compose your party is like really I suppose compelling. Yeah. I was just going to say with Bravely Second, I think one of the things that um I like about it is uh it's so easy to make a magic user who's not a wimp cuz I've always hated making that choice in RPGs like you can you can use magic or you know, you can get kicked around. It's it's kind of the, well, I mean, it's like the de- default choice. I mean, you need a, you need a meat shield. Mm-hmm. You need somebody who's going to put out that DPS. And then you need a healer. And then you need the black mage, right? The exactly. Who's going to be like also doing a lot of damage. And that's yeah. kind of your, your golden party. Yeah, exactly. And I, I suppose like bravely default, does kind of hew to those archetypes, but also seems to play around with them a little bit. Have you found any particularly great jobs that you really like? Um, I love the wizard, as I said. Um, I also love the fencer. You probably haven't unlocked that one yet? Nope. Uh, I just got the, the centaur warrior. Oh, God, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Cahoolin or whatever his name was, the Irish dude. Um, screamy Irish dude. Uh, yeah. I totally put... I put it on the Japanese language track, actually, so... Probably Which, wasn't the by worst the way, idea. By the way, another thing that endears me, uh, that endears this game to me, is when I can ha- select the Japanese language track 
no offense to the English voice actors, but I, I think that I would rather just listen to Japanese people screaming at one another in this game. So. <laughs> Not the worst choice. The, the voice acting is really good, actually. Um, what's uh, you, his voice actor? I was surprised to learn this. It was the uh, he did Leonardo in the two thousand three uh, Ninja Turtles uh, cartoon. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So I can hear it now. I I actually have been playing like with the volume turned off or while like listening to other music or whatever mm-hmm. or like while watching star trek or something so <laughs> i haven't always like heard the people talking or the music but when i was fighting the most recent boss i put in my headphones just to listen to it and i was like hey this music's really good okay and that's when i was catching the japanese voices and remembering mm-hmm. that i had turned on the japanese voice track but I digress. Yeah, I like the um, definitely like Fencer. I definitely and uh, Magnolia and Adia. I've been kind of experimenting back and forth with them. Um, let's see, Adia for a while was uh, the Red Mage. Uh, I've actually just recently made her the Hawkeye, which is the uh, class that was replaced the Tomahawk class. Uh, if you remember that controversy. And oh yes, I remember that controversy. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that you addressed it rather nicely. I did, but I still have people who won't talk to me about it, over it. Really? Uh, yeah, I, ha- I have one person who uh, just does not speak to me anymore. Well, that's sad. Uh, what can you? What, what can you do? It's is their loss. But um, yeah, Good person, discourse is okay. Discourse really right? is okay. It's okay to have different opinions. Jeez. But this it's a great class, notwithstanding. So I'm really mm. enjoying that one. The cowboy class. The cowboy class with the crossbow, don't ask me. Yeehaw. <laughs> well, didn't you know that they all had ma- uh, crossbows in the Magnificent Seven? You maybe just didn't notice. No, I but... didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. All right. So I- I'm kind of curious. You said that you don't like the job systems in general. What is it about job systems that you generally don't really like? They kind of intimidate me. Um, I really? don't know what it is. Like, I guess it's because I choose a class and I think, oh my god, what if this is the wrong class? What if I, what if I screw it up? Whereas I guess because Brilliant Default lets you adjust the, the difficulty as you need it to, it's kind of hard to feel like you're screwing up. Hmm. I suppose so. I think I, I can see like how you would feel that way, especially um, when you're playing a game like, say, Final Fantasy Tactics, where mm-hmm. like you spend a lot of time building up that class only to discover that there's not actually a lot that's great about that class. Yeah, exactly. And then you look it up and you go, well, what you should actually be aiming for is this, this, and this. Yeah. And you weren't uh, putting together the right class combos. Yeah. So start over, peasant. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Bravely uh, Second really doesn't do that to you. If you experiment with something, you don't like it, eh, no big deal. There's a million other choices, and it's really hard to play the game in a wrong way. You said that you liked the job systems in Dragon Quest, though. Like, what about Dragon Quest stands out to you? I can't even I can't even say for sure. I mean, number one, I guess it's not nearly as prominent as it is in the Final Fantasy games. Um, I guess since uh, I grew up with it with with Dragon Quest three, uh, I found it a lot less intimidating. And of course, in Dragon Quest three, there's a lot fewer choices. Um, God, now that I think about it, I think all I ever did was change my pilgrim to a sage. That's some that's some old NES te- uh, terminology there, because <laughs> I can't remember what they used in uh, the the retranslations. Well, there was um, a job system in Dragon Quest Six. 
Yeah, there was, but I don't think a uh, six has never been one of my favorites, so it doesn't really stick out to me. Yeah, six wasn't really one of my favorites either. I played there, the I played the remake. Yeah, even that I was just kind of like, eh, especially since, since five was so had such a great story in addition to the great gameplay. Six was just kind of like, eh, it was all right. There, there was something about Dragon Quest Six's job system that I didn't particularly like. But mm-hmm. when I think back to it, I can't remember it all that well. Exactly. Uh, Nine had one too, and that I did okay with that. I did like Dragon Quest Nine's job system. Yeah. To be honest, um, mostly because like I know that there are a lot of people who disagreed with me, but I instantly took to the ability to be able to customize everything in that game. Mm-hmm. Like I really liked being able to customize my own party like build them up from scratch choose like what class they were going to be and everything uh choose like what i was going to be and then i just liked how much personality it lent to all of the different characters my favorite thing was to gather up people or was just to show up in my tavern and see like who was in my tavern that day oh the tavern was great Especially when I was in Japan and like everybody was still, it it was at the tail end of it, but everybody was still playing Dragon Quest Nine, and mm-hmm. they had um, like meetup zones. Oh, that'd be fun. Where you could just street pass to your heart's content. This was pre 3ds, maybe. Yeah, it was. I think it, it was. was. This is like 2010. Weird. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, this was pre 3ds, but so this was our first real taste of street passing culture. Yeah. And, but it was so fun to go into the tavern and see like what everybody was wearing and what they looked like and like what they had. And, yeah, yeah, I actually brought my DS to uh, Oticon that year, and it was just crazy. Oh, I bet it was. Oh my god. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. In fact, I made a friend who I still talk to on Twitter through <laughs> oh, <laughs> through the, the nice. inn. So that's neat. No, oh, that's fun. Let's see you. Speaking of Otakon, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wondering. So you're like an anime fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, what anime does like Bravely Seconds like writing kind of remind you of? Oh gosh, uh, it's funny because actually I don't watch a whole lot of anime. Um, what? I used to what? read a lot of manga because I was re- I was a reviewer for Mania.com way back in the day. But I, I don't know. Does it remind you of any in particular? Um. I want to say, like, maybe an anime for, like, younger audiences. Like, I brought up Sailor Moon. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, because... you know, like, the the villain is very definitely a black hat, and the heroes are very definitely heroes. Yes. um, And they all talk like heroes. Barring, like I said, those kind of shades of gray that you you encounter when you uh, get new asterisks. Very odd. Um, But... I don't know. It's, it's. I don't want to say it's like kitty because it's not either. Like it's. You have some jokes in there that are kind of like strangely raunchy, but like not even so much in a juvenile way. Although there's plenty of that too. Hmm. Uh, I. I don't want to like harp on the writing too much. I just. I found. I. I found the fact that they took that style kind of interesting, and I was wondering like, who they were kind of intending to appeal to. And so my first thought was, well, they're appealing to, I mean, a Japanese audience, but they're mm-hmm. also appealing to, I suppose, anime fans. And then I thought to myself, okay, well, what anime fans are they appealing to? Because um, I like anime, well, I like mecha anime, but um, they don't really talk like that in mecha anime. They, they're they much more... Um, dramatic. 
dramatic yes kind of over the top like dramatic like everything is like the end of the world kind of like discussions uh but this like struck me as like a comedy like um uh what was what was it uh azumango azumango yes okay if it's gonna remind me of any anime it was probably closest to that azumango dio so yeah so Azumanga Dayo, that's where it is. And so like I, I suppose like there are people who are gonna be like, I really love that just crazy over the top, goofy sense of humor. Yeah. Um and I suppose it's kind of a good match for like an old school RPG like this. Yeah, um however, like even if you don't like the tone, the writing is good. Uh it's uh you, you have a lot of cheesy moments, don't get me wrong, but I don't know, it's kinda like it's one of those all in good fun sort of games. Like it, it kind of reminds me a bit of uh, what was it? I just reviewed Project Cross Zone Two. Uh, not nearly as like over the top as that, but it's it's pretty much in the same neighborhood. Everybody's just in it to have fun. Yeah. Um, of course, it depends on the character. Like you was kind of as I called him in my review. I called him like the RPG hero dork because you kind of know the the type like Shulk from uh, Xenoblade. I suppose that there are also like some of these games like say maybe hyperdimension neptunia which just doesn't or it also takes it has a pretty humorous bent to it in mm-hmm. a like over the top way everybody has a joke so yeah it's not so I, I it's not surprising to me that bravely second would take that approach but anyway i put it to twitter i was like okay first part of the question is what are your thoughts on Bravely Second so far? And the second part of the question was, what's your favorite job system outside of Final Fantasy V? Mm-hmm. And so here are a few of the responses. At mouse underscore in-house says, I'm avoiding Bra- Bravely Second partly because I'm broke and partly because <laughs> I'm burnt on Bravely Default's terrible pacing issues. Um, and he loves Dragon Quest IX's job system, which mm-hmm. we were kind of we talking about. about. Uh, at Ghost of Sullivan, Dragon Quest Nine is my favorite after Final Fantasy V, no question. Well, okay, Dragon Quest Nine's getting a lot of love in this one. I'm glad. Um, at Jay Lindstrom, BS is like a second helping of your favorite meal, and Catmancer is too cool. <laughs> Overall, best Final Fantasy in years. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with that. No, I'd that's, that's a lot pretty... of people would. A lot of people would say Final Fantasy XIV is the best Final Fantasy in years. Yeah, but I haven't played that, but that's uh, kind of a different Final Fantasy to me, even though the number's on there. If you're into MMORPGs, anyway. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm not. Are you ever going to play it? You should. I definitely want to give it a try, but uh, it's one of those, I have so much to do as it is, that I don't know if I have the time to invest in in an RPG, an MMORPG. Yeah, it's really grindy. I know Bob likes it, though. Yeah, I do have a lot of respect for it, uh, just for its existence and the fact that they fixed it from the disaster area that it was. One of the greatest turnarounds I've ever seen in a video game. Yeah, so I... Bar none. Yeah. Just the fact that they took it from flaming tire fire to, like, great (laughs) success story. Yeah. I bowed to them. That's amazing. Required a total reboot. (laughs) Yeah, just a bit. Like, literal on fire reboot. But But I give them credit for, like, throwing everything into it. And, like, caring enough about Final Fantasy to be like, no, we're not going to let this stand. We have to save this game. Yes. So I'm glad they did that. All right. So... At Darukaru, no cash for Bravely Second yet. I'm starting to see a theme. Yes. Best job system in the Final Fantasy series, Final Fantasy Tactics. Oh. This is actually a pretty common one. Yeah, it would be. 
Um, at Killington Zero Zero, Final Fantasy Tactics did it better than Final Fantasy V. Um, yes, I agree. Final Fantasy Tactics did have a really great exploitable job system. <laughs> oh my god, you could exploit the hell out of Final Fantasy Tactics job system, but in a fun way, in a productive way. Did you did you ever finish Final Fantasy Tactics? I did not. I finished it for the first time a couple years ago because we did a U.S. Gamer Club about it. Oh, yes. I, I was just thinking of those. Those were fun. Yeah. Like, I hope that we do it again this summer because I, like, enjoy them. But yeah, um, good game. If you, if, if you get a chance to just, like, download it on your, like, PS3 or whatever, I, you should give it a shot. Yeah, I, I definitely want to. Um, best version, though, is the PSP version. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was playing that on my Vita, mostly because of the better translation. Yeah. <laughs> the original but. translation is kind of classic, though. It, it kind of was. Did you play the Did you play the original version? A long time ago, yes. Hmm. Okay. This person um, at GCN940, they say that Bravely Default is actually their favorite example of a job system. Oh, really? They say, I like second so far, but I'm only in the prologue. Just got the chariot job. But the prologue goes for like 10 hours, doesn't it? It goes on for a while. I don't think it's quite 10 hours, but it is quite substantial. It's a pretty long prologue. It is. <laughs> like, it really kind of gets you into the meat of the game mm-hmm. um, in the prologue. Um, at Roto13, the class system and Fire Emblem combined with selective breeding in the last two games makes that system pretty neat. Um, I, yeah, that's someone, true. As someone who really likes just Fire Emblem in general, I think the the job system is kind of a highlight of that series regardless. Yeah. Just because it's fun to find the right job for each character and really watch them grow. Yeah. On the other hand, you have to kind of understand the stat growth on that character and that's not always immediately obvious when you're just playing through the game. Mm-hmm. So you end up wanting to like go say online and use online resources to see like how a character develops so that you can properly take advantage um, of their stack gross. Like yeah. There's this one character who's basically just a dodge tank and she is amazing as a, like a samurai, but like there's, but her buddy like who shows up around the same time. I think I, I'm playing through um, um, the Hoshido campaign, Awakening, mm-hmm. or sorry, Birthright right now. Uh, he is he, he's much more of a, a typical tank, so I ended up turning him into a blacksmith. Yeah, I think that's what they're called, blacksmith. Yeah. In any case, it's interesting trying to find the right jobs uh, combinations. Are you still playing Fire Emblem? I'm not sure. I haven't even gotten a chance to start. I'm so mad at myself. Nadia, it's so I know. good. I know. It, it seems so good. Like, I, I really, really want to want to try it. But my husband's like, no, no, we got to buy the hard copy. And I'm like, I just want to download it so I have it. He's like, no, no, we got to get the hard copy. Why? Uh, why? Why get the hard copy? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know these things. <laughs> you should. Well, when you do, I would recommend playing Birthright first. Um, Not it's Conquest? Easier. I heard that Conquest. Conquest is better, but Birthright is maybe, unless you feel really confident in yourself, yeah. I recommend Conquest. On the other hand, I feel like they developed Conquest with with finishing Birthright in mind first, mm-hmm. in some ways, because 
when you get to conquest, there's kind of a the reward of the reward of being like, oh, I remember those guys that I killed, but now they're on my party. <laughs> Yay! And no hard feelings. at the same time, like you recognize people from the other side, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, and now you're an enemy, and now I'm killing you. Kind of sad. So it kind of goes either way, but. I feel like there's a more natural progression from birthright to conquest, I suppose. Yeah, either way, I want to get it done. Hmm. But, oh, yeah. Uh, birthright, like, I think conquest is also a bit more shades of gray. Yeah. And birthright is much more just, like, straight up uh, mushroom, mustache twirling, like, villainy. Yeah. White hats and black hats. I mean, I'm, yeah, there's still black hats in conquest, but because you're on team black hat, uh, it, it's more at pains to, I suppose, lend texture to the villains. Yeah, that would make in sense. In any case. Um, at the click 86, it's crazy simple, but I really like the job upgrading in Vandal Hearts. Felt awesome when you hit level 10. Never played Vandal Hearts. Never played it myself. It was, uh, since it got, that was on PlayStation, right? I think so. Yeah. I remember that, I remember that a, a remake maybe came out on PS3 at some point. Or 360. Yeah, e- either way, I never got a chance to play it. It was several years ago. Yeah. At this point. Um, at Ted, not Tedward, I usually don't like job systems. Character abilities should reflect who they are, not what menu option I pick. Eh. Part I can... of the fun of an RPG is having a blank slate. A blank slate that you can customize to your will. At the same time, I understand the sentiment. Eh, I do. Um, I suppose it's... I suppose it's kind of like how you think of an RPG. Yeah. I think one of the core like elements that I really like in an RPG is like having that blank slate of a character that I can pour myself into. Like the second that you have a character who's already really well defined in terms of their abilities and their personality and everything, mm-hmm. it uh it creates a remove between me and the character. That makes sense. But then like I, mean, I, I kinda think I kinda like this I'm more about the story and the journey and Sure. Sure. I mean, like the heart, the, like the foundation, the very roots of RPGs is like Dungeons and Dragons, right? Absolutely, yeah. And D and D is rolling up your own character. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it's all about. Yes, exactly. So, but of course, you have that split between, say, JRPGs and WRPGs, which has mm-hmm. been pretty well covered at this point. Um, and bravely, like, but bravely default kind of toes that line by having defined characters that you can kind of customize to your will. So I like yeah. the way that it splits the difference. Um, at Sporky Reeve, uh, Steve Watts, actually, I think he works over at Shack News still. Yes, he does. Used to work with me at 1UP on news back in the day. I was going to say he used to be uh, the owner of the Mega Man Network back... Uh, now my Yeah, now my husband owns it, so... Well, was, oh, he, okay. uh, was he the owner, or... He, he was definitely largely, hugely involved in the Mega Man community, and that's how we met, so... <laughs> He feels that Bravely Second is the best example of a job system. It's definitely one of the better ones. And he says that probably informs the first answer, too. And at Harry Hall, second is great, but it's almost like DLC. Gameplay is identical to Bravely Default. Which, I mean, I suppose there's a chain system. Mm -hmm. Like, one of the things about Bravely Default, if I recall correctly, is that Americans got the for the sequel version. 
Yes. Which included a lot of gameplay updates that eventually made their way into Bravely Second. So the difference maybe isn't as stark for people here in the U.S. Yeah, apparently Bravely Second, uh, sorry, Bravely Default for the sequel was very much an upgrade. So I understand why it kind of feels the same to us, but it, I, uh, Japan at the same time, is uh, it's not quite the case. So final thoughts on Bravely Second? Uh, I'm really enjoying it. If you want like a a fun RPG that doesn't take itself seriously, if you don't mind a few like you know tropes in terms of story, uh, go for it. Yeah, I would also definitely recommend it. Just based on what I've played so far, it I would say have a little bit of patience with it in terms of like just building up, <clears throat> uh, recruiting characters and building up your class. But luckily doesn't take that long to get going unlike some other rpgs no i definitely didn't feel like I, it was a slow slog at first uh, it does definitely pick up once you get your first jobs um but even the intro it kind of really keeps you invested and if you don't know if you never played the first one because a lot of people have asked me this like do you need to play the first one i really don't think so even though it's so closely tied to the first game uh, you have like a an intro and a prologue that uh, fills you in plus there's always the demo apparently which also fills you in yeah so, so, there, so there's your answer if you like the demo the game is definitely worth it if you're not big into the demo eh. i think that if you really like that kind of classic jrpg style and you just want turn-based combat and uh kind of that 8-bit slash 16-bit kind of approach to rpg design which contrary to what some people seem to think I think is held up extremely well mm-hmm. um, into the present day, then I, I think Bravely Second is a pretty good example of that, at least uh, from what I've been able to play of Bravely Default, Bravely Second. Like I said, enjoying it quite a bit. Yeah, me too. In any case, Nadia, uh, we can find you on Twitter at, at Nadia Oxford. Yes, I'm very easy to find. Well, that's not so hard, is it? Yeah. Now, what are you working on these days? Uh, let's see. I just, I've been doing a lot of mobile news lately. I guess it just keeps on coming in. <laughs> so uh, you can find me on US Gamer usually covering the mobile beat, but I'll, I do cover other things as well. Uh, whatever's cool, I'm there. The mobile beat, the, the, the mobile jump beat never stops. Yeah. Are you playing um, Clash Royale? No, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm really terrible at uh, any of the Clash style games like. Uh, real-time strategy of any kind is not my gig if you want to see a game that highlights just the disconnect between the traditional games press and mobile that's it right there which uh clash royale yeah it's the most profitable mobile game of all time yes it makes millions a day and uh, i don't know if you read my news story about how much mitomo makes per day uh, it makes about 40k per day, and that's really not bad, uh, because Nintendo, if you if you play Mitomo, they do not push in-app purchases, or very, very little, uh, and there are no ads. Uh, whereas, of course, Cla- if you play Clash Royale or Clash of Clans, you're going to get a lot of ads, you're going to get, like, if you want to get anywhere in the game in terms of the leaderboards, you have to spend money. Um, I don't know. Um, my partner's been playing Clash Royale pretty heavily, and she hasn't spent a dime, and she's managed to get fairly far. Oh, good for her. That's uh, that's really cool, actually, because I sure as heck can't do that. <laughs> All right. So you can find Acts of the Blood God on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts are sold. 
please do me a favor and leave us a review. Um, the more ratings we get, the more visibility we become. Uh, just go ahead and just quickly rate us. I would really appreciate it. Please. What else? What were you going to say, Nadia? I said, please. 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 <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, and continuing onward, you can find us over on US Gamer, of course. Um, I just reviewed Star Fox Zero. Yes. Which is not an RPG. Um, has been kind of proving divisive already, but I'm just glad to have Star Fox back. Yay. I really missed it. it. It's a wonderful game, or it's a wonderful series, and it's legitimately heartbreaking to me to hear people going, like some of the reviews that I've seen where people are like, Oh, I've outgrown rail shooting or rail shooting. That was so 2002 or rail shooting. It's just doesn't fit with modern gaming. I'm like, oh, come Ooh. on. That's BS. Totally. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, have you looked at what we're playing um, on indie games these days? I mean, retro is in. Yeah, totally. And rail shooting is eternal. It's yes. great. And a really well done rail shooter can be awesome. Mm-hmm. It's not our fault we haven't had a good rail shooter in ages. Yeah, that's kind of the problem. I'm not saying that Star Fox Zero is the answer to that, but stop acting like the genre itself is completely outdated. That's completely not true. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm glad I got that off my chest. It's <laughs> nice to have a soapbox that people will actually listen to. And, okay, in any case, um, the next episode of Acts of the Blood God, I'm not entirely sure what we're going to be talking about. Um, I do know that we're going to be, I'll be checking out uh, Witcher 3 Blood and Wine soon. Um, so I potentially have an interview for that as well. Um, I may also have Steve back on the show to do our RPG boss fights podcast. So Oh, that'd be fun. We can hit up um, a lot of different angles. But in any case, you can definitely expect us to be back next week. In any case, thanks for listening to the show. As always, go and review us and rate us. Go play some Bravely Second. And for Nadia Oxford, thanks for coming on the show. No and problem. And myself, thanks for listening and happy adventuring. 